How's everybody doing this evening? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Talking Points, the show where we tell you what you didn't think you needed, you didn't you you didn't need to know. We're telling you to know a bunch of things you didn't need. No, you get what I'm saying. I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is. Greg McGinnis, how you doing, Greg? I'm doing fabulous, man. Nice to be back after a hiatus. You know what? It almost sounded like you were saying, like, we're dishing out trivia, but it's even less important than trivia because no one will ever ask you this shit in a bar when you're just trying to drink at a bar. Have you ever seen that trivia no. thing that they do at bars now? It's, like, all over the place. It's ubiquitous. Yeah, you're... You're really going to have to have to shoehorn this information into a... It's not going to come up organically. <laughs> you're going to really have to work. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Did really someone say Woody Harrelson? <laughs> Did somebody say Woody Harrelson's father, <laughs> Charles Harrelson? Boy, do I have some facts for you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, we have um, lost our, our last sponsor. Um, but... Uh, it seems to be this usual trend. You know, I think we're, we finally found one that fit. And uh, Greg has our newest sponsor coming to you this episode. So before we move on, Greg, what's our what's our newest sponsor? We are very proud to have a very high profile, big name. That's right. Big name sponsor for this episode. We are brought to you by Old Spice Asian Harem Liquid Soap. If you want to bang a bunch of Asian broads, Old Spice Asian Harem Liquid Soap. Formulated in yeah. a very spe- special gelatinous formula so that most of it will go in the drain uh if you want to turn your nipples into a paintbrush you kind of put a a glob up there and kind of use that to dab around we've all done that but what is new now is the specially formulated asian harem scent old spice asian harem liquid soap bang a brunch of asian broads yeah they're working on the they're working on the commercial i think they're gonna have jackie chan in it you know, the Super Bowl commercial was banned in Italy and Sweden. That's how fucking insane mm-hmm. it was. <laughs> Italy and Sweden cannot handle that sort of television. It would send both the countries into just a complete spiral, spiraling chaos. Um, so that's, that's our, yeah, this, this is our new, our, I'm very excited. Have you, uh, have you tried the new Asian harem? I'm actually, I'm using yourself, some of it. All the ones they- using some of it right now. That is my only problem. When they when we came out as a sponsor, I did kind of complain about the formulation. You know, I use a bar of soap. Uh, the soap kind of does the soap thing, you know. But have you ever noticed when you get that big thing for like five bucks and you squirt it out, you got to kind of catch it. It's almost like mercury. It's just heading for the drain unless you can kind of break into it and rub a little bit of it. I feel like at least 50% mm-hmm. of that shit goes right down in the drain. Down the drain, man. It's uh, they, And I think they know it's going to. It's... It's this extremely slippery thing in, in like a, a borderline frictionless environment that all points towards the drain. Borderline <laughs> frictionless. I love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, but you can't hold on to it. I, I know the feeling. You you run through it, and I think only about a third of the bottle actually ends up on your your skin. That's um, that's the old spice way. You know, but the good that the benefit the, the benefit is if you're using something lame like Dove or. Whatever broads use, I don't know exactly what they use, but you got to go back to the store and buy more of that and look lame. When you're buying Old Spice Asian harem, people give you a look like, yeah, I'll give you some fucking space. I don't even know if you're asking for it. I'll give it to you. This is a badass coming through. So you get to do that twice as much thanks to the special formulation. 
So thank you, Old Spice. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Asian thank Harry. You. Double thank you. Oh, um, you know, I, uh, um, I wonder if anybody is wondering if our friend Tom Holland wears Asian harem, we can actually ask him next week on the show. We finally locked it down. Our people finally came to an agreement, and we actually we, we have Tom Holland. He will 100% absolutely be on episode 44 of Talking Points Podcast. There it is. There you have it. It is coming. You excited? You excited, Greg? I'm super excited. You probably haven't spoken to, because he's basically like your brother, and uh, you. But you probably haven't spoken to him in a, in a while, right? You know, I mean, it's a broad term, and, and again, you know, the certain litiga- litigation aspects to the whole what I can and can't disclose. But I will tell you this: uh, it's very close, and uh, we wouldn't even have Asian Harem as a sponsor if they didn't sniff out, no pun intended. How close the Tom Holland thing was, so I think I think a pun intent uh, the pun was kind of intended. It was kind of intended. I you know does anyone ever <laughs> ever have to say that if it wasn't intended? It's one of my favorite sayings. I like saying that. <laughs> I like when it totally is intended. You, you could almost say I made a pun instead of saying no pun intended. You I could say made, I made I a pun. I made a pun and and here it comes. <laughs> there it was. Usually you have to say it after. So it's like, did, there you, was. did you miss my pun? In case you missed my pun, it was there. No pun intended. That is, it's just a way of saying, here comes a pun. I like that. That's funny. Um, so, man, uh, this is, uh, uh, you were telling me that you had a a new bit that you wanted to to try out. Something You had some some stuff you wanted to say, some things you wanted to work on. Yeah, you know what? And, um, yes. Yeah, yes. I, if you are in America, if you are someone that gets behind socialism, which is basically, uh, you know, just let's put some money aside so that people don't have to live in the street, right? I, I've, at a young age, I kind of thought capitalism, just for, for dummies, is you can open, and anyone can open a shoe store, but only enough shoe stores are going to stay open that people are going to support. And then other guys that open up shoe stores, are going to lose their shoe store. So socialism just says, let's not make them homeless. You can still try and open your shoe store. If it fails, you can come and have government housing or 50 bucks for food, food stamps, whatever. We don't want you and your kids to be out on the street. That's that's what I'm all about. And I think, I think most people are about that. Uh, but then they come up with angles. It's all about marketing. And I think people that are against social welfare market welfare in such a way that people are always about it's always about stealing and people abusing and all that i don't think anybody wants to be on welfare i think being on welfare is difficult and um in any way my point was if you are into socialism in america i think typically people call you a commie i can say that of (laughs) with many years of experience and so uh what i would like to bring you is the commie corner small ideas uh to improve america and uh, this, this most recent one, uh, just a real short, brief example of how America could actually be better, I uh, got from a colleague of mine who is, was lived in Israel for like the first 15 years of his life, and it made me start thinking about, and then we talked about the whole conscription thing, thing there. Pretty much everyone in Israel has to join the army. Now, in modern Israel, it's not about, you know, you got to get in a tank and do 100 push-ups and all that bullshit. It's more now 
of like a training thing. So the government is saying everyone has to get in. We test you. If you're totally unskilled, we're going to teach you where to obtain a shovel and how to stand in a line, that type of thing. And if, you know, they can also update the stuff that people are doing, you know, as computers come in to the job market, if people are not being trained to use computers, they're kind of left out. You know, there's only so many coal mining jobs, especially outside of West Virginia. So if the government could somehow be training people for the jobs that are actually needed, well, I think that would help us move along at a better pace and keep more people, uh, you know, able to feed their kids, right? That's not a bad idea. We can all get behind that, can't we, Isaiah? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, <clears throat> having mandatory <clears throat> mandatory uh, service to your government is one of the only ways to make a social program run smoothly, if you will. Especially in a mass um, scale. It's the only way that it can get scale. funded and get everyone into it and have it be available exactly. everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, mandatory service involvement, not whether it's military or whether it's uh, just for any kind of government position, building roads, um, that kind of thing. But in order to, because otherwise, then you're just asking strangers to give their hard earned money to other strangers. And that's like. It's an uphill battle. You're never, yeah, you're never going to win that one. So, uh, you know, there are countries that have. Um, Conscription. Or, or for your country. What, I'm sorry. I think they call it conscription when you have to be in the army. Oh, is or, that what it? Yeah, that you did use that word, but I just didn't even know that that's what it, that meant. But, but is that what that means? Yeah, but like, but like he was saying in Israel, I mean, it's not really military service anymore. Like they, there's all different types. It's almost like a, like a internship in the workforce that yeah, the government yeah. kind of monitors and maybe funds and maybe directs, so that if a new thing comes out and they're like the country is like, hey, we need like fifty thousand people to be doing this. They can start directing people into it by maybe paying a little more for it or just or just directing people into it so that when they get out of school, they're actually doing shit that, you know, the country needs. We're not, I'm not saying people need to be forced into stuff, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there with no jobs and they're in some part of the country where there's nothing. They're in a little mm -hmm. rural area where it's like one factory. And guess what? When some guy with the first initial, you know, J. Isaiah Cooper dies and the kids don't know how to run the factory and they move out of town or whatever – Everyone's out of work. That's just such a nightmare scenario, mm -hmm. and it should not be happening in my country in 2018. We're just way beyond that. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to say. I'd like to see big. We should just. Everyone you know. has to do some type of service when they come out, and it doesn't have to be a negative thing because then you can start getting. Vet Think about the better the benefits that you get being a veteran, but the negative uh, connotation with going into the armed service is like, ah, oh, you're gonna have to do all this bullshit. I might have to go to another country to. Who knows what, you know, if this wasn't such a military tie-in, it was just like, hey, you're going to help the government mm -hmm. at the same time the government is going to train you for whatever it is you're going to do for work. Yeah. Bam. You know, I think it's a win-win. So yep. I'd love to see it. I think so, too. Yeah, that would be great. I think that uh, could be a very beneficial thing. Very beneficial thing. Or you can just kill all the poor people. We could do that, too. Kill the poor. It's one of my, kill the poor. One of my so, favorite Dead Kennedy songs. Hashtag... Dead Kennedys, that they, they have a song called Kill the Poor. Kill, 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 kill the poor. Yep. It's, really? Yeah, it's, huh? it's ironic. I could see why I could see why why estranged nineties single mothers wouldn't want their children listening to that. <laughs> you can barely understand what the hell he was saying anyway. You have to really listen to it a thousand times before you can get what the hell he's saying. Oh, kill Oh, they're saying kill the poor. Oh. Kill the poor. Oh. oh, okay. 
I don't know what else you I thought they were saying. Sometimes you hear the music and you're like, that's something bad. And you're like, no, it's not terrible. It's kind of like a, it's only like being ironic. And they're like, no, it's still pretty terrible. Kill the poor. It's a good song. <laughs> nope. Irony. I like it. It's my campaign slogan. Kill the poor. <laughs> nice. They don't vote anyway. so They don't vote anyway. And they're taking all the air and. Food. Clogging up the highways. I'm sick of looking at him. Most of all, I'm sick of looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's funny. I'd be, I would have to, it would be ironic. It'd be the same thing as Hitler being a Jew, you know? That'd be, that'd be very ironic if you killed a bunch of Jews. It would be. Well, yeah, that would be. But I mean, like, there's the Hitler, uh, uh, there was this, there's people that like to talk about, they're like, yeah, well, Hitler's mother, like, somehow they do some, like, lineage and they show that Hitler has some, like, Jew in his family somehow. Like he was Jewish or some shit. I think yeah, I think that's a real thing, isn't it? I think he was. Uh... That's what I've heard, but it also could be like one of the, it could be just like one of those things that you heard as a kid, and they're like, actually, Daddy Longlegs are not the most poisonous spiders. <laughs> <laughs> if it bites you right in the eyeball, you would be dead. Or if it was, you would be dead because it's the only place its fangs can get in to you in through your skin, that in your butthole. In your butthole, so blog it up. I've heard, though, have you ever heard the thing, now that you're talking about spiders, like there are numbers about like how many spiders you'll eat in your lifetime while you're sleeping? That's another one of those things that I'm like, I don't know, kind of sounds like dog shit. Really? I don't know. I feel like like that's very possible. When the amount of hours that you're laying around sleeping, like if you get up in the middle of the night, especially in Florida, and you're just walking around, like how many times have I seen a spider? They're everywhere. Yeah. I hate it. They say, and then there's another one, they say that you're like, you're always within like ten feet of a, a spider or something. I mean, that's not hard to believe, right? Yeah. When you think about yeah, the numbers, it's not that hard. There's to like believe. a million ants on Earth for every single human. That's like, what is it? Yeah, their biomass is equivocal. The biomass of ants is equivocal to that of humans. That's insane. When you think about how small ants are, isn't it insane? Yeah, I just I, yeah. I feel like yeah. if I look back on my life, my forty plus years, how many ants I've killed. And it hasn't even made mm-hmm. a dent. And I mean, I've had some years where, like, I dedicated <laughs> a year. Uh huh. That was all I was doing. You were like the the ant mercenary. You had magnifying glasses hanging off your hip. You had, uh, magnifying glasses. <laughs> That's how I did it. One by one. <laughs> yeah. That maybe is why one it wasn't a productive year. Then I would make notes in the diary. <laughs> Got that son of a bitch. Got him. I've been hunting him for weeks. It was. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> dude. I uh I made myself some I made myself some uh pot cookies. Pot cookies, man. Nice. Yeah, it's my first the first time I'd ever done it. I was a little nervous. It was so much easier than I thought it it would have been. Uh but I was successful and I'm very happy. And I just ate one not too long ago. What's the difference? I was going to say, yeah, you made it very strong. I think me and the Listeners are probably thinking the same thing. Well, you made it very strong. You should back the dose off. You've made it very. You say you need to back off. You sound stony baloney, man. <laughs> what is the what is the oh, difference? You started morphing into Tommy Chong. Uh, the difference when you eat. Well, we, what's the difference a, in making them? Like, do you, is it a big in deal? Making them, huh? What's the difference when you make uh, pot cookies versus regular cookies? Like, just you just mixing the pot in, or do you have to do something different? Oh no! Yeah, you gotta do something different. So you gotta infuse first. What you do is you just uh, infuse the butter with the THC. Like you gotta you gotta let it simmer for like hours, and then the butter gets it becomes weed butter, and then you can just use that butter to make brownies or weed anything really. You just use that butter, and then you'll get high. 
You can do the same thing. It has to be a fat. You can be like oils, any kind of oil, like coconut oil, butter, cream, heavy whipping cream. But you just like, uh, there's a number of different ways to do it. You can do it like, let it simmer in a pan. But if you have a crock pot, you just let it sit for like six, eight hours. Well, so what's the ratio? Like yeah. how much do you put in like, a, I don't know, what do you use, like a stick of butter to make a bunch of cookies? So like, is it like one big yeah, bud and you have to like grind it down into like really yeah, fine? I used or? about a quarter a quarter of an ounce of marijuana, wow. which would be four four ounces. That's a lot. And four, four, but that was for one pound of butter. So that's four sticks of butter. I know, but how much butter do you so put in the batch of cookies that you made? One, one stick. So that's still like. So it's like an ounce. It's like an uh, not no, an no, ounce. No. It's, it's a it's like a what a uh, a gram. It's like a gram. A gram. Wait, a quarter yeah, ounce. Because gra- there's sixteen there's sixteen grams, in an uh, oh wait I don't know how many grams are in an no, ounce. No, there's a lot of grams. There's uh, what's this? There's a lot of grams in an ounce. I don't fucking know, man. I'm I, I just talked out my asshole. <laughs> I was so confident too. I was like, yeah, definitely. Wait, so four it ounces? It, no, though. it is. So it's what it's. You, you said not four ounces, not four ounces, a quarter. Uh, sorry, it, it was a quarter, quarter of an ounce, quarter of an ounce. Okay. I apologize. Okay, no, that makes sense. I, you know what? Not it's, a quarter of a pound. That is a lie. That's a lot of fucking weed. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say, holy shit, an ounce is twenty eight grams. So it's like seven grams. grams in a stick of butter, about right? If you divide it by four, you got a quarter. Well, that's an ounce. Well, I only used a quarter of an ounce. Oh, right. So, so you only started with seven into, grams. So you got like one or two grams per stick of butter. Probably, yes. Okay, so that makes sense. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah. My brain not working, but yeah. Um, but it's more potent yeah, it when really, you eat it, though. So like that is... Technically. Technically, it's just, it's yeah, it's kind of different. It's kind of different. But, yeah, I enjoy it a lot more. I don't like smoke. Like when I smoke weed, it might like... I get like really paranoid and stuff because you get so high so quickly. It's like just all, instantly all of a sudden you're high. That's we've yeah, talked about this. Though. That's only with, because but, you live right next yeah. to the police station. I really feel like if you mm-hmm. moved, you would not get so paranoid. Trust me. I know. I do live kind of close to that bitch. That's funny that you say that. <laughs> but the eating it, <coughs> the eating it is uh, my definitely my favorite way to do it, and I've been wanting to do it for a long time. So telling the world, I did it. I did it, guys. I finally. But I'm just, uh, yeah, fucking great. Anyway. <laughs> there's that <laughs> let's us let us move forward with the podcast dude we're we're moving along here like we are perfectly on track like this is when i imagine getting into our like our our more ongoing segments i imagine it being right here at this mark nice here at talking points we are are making a lot of headway um we are well oiled machine uh, if that oil were thc oil that's right, baby. <laughs> it comes out such a cool color. It's like this really cool green color, like the butter. Oh, it, when you're it totally makes it. it green. Yeah, it makes it like this really cool kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that color green would be, but it's it's like a softer kind of almost mint, but like more brownish. It's it's interesting. I like it. Anyway, um, so our next segment is uh, one that we've uh, just recently started. It is the Millennial Book Club, a.k.a. just fucking watching Netflix. <laughs> and uh, we watched, if you watched it with the past, uh, watched it with us, if you uh, listened to the last episode, we watched Friends from College. Friends from College was this week's 
um, Millennial Book Club watch. So, Greg, did you watch Friends from College? I watched, I want to say the first five so far. I liked it. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like the characters. I like Keegan Key. I know you're staunchly against Key and Peele, but it sounds like you're watching it under protest and, and beyond that, which I, you know, I appreciate you doing that. I like the uh, the storyline where he's been uh, banging that same lady for 20 years. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I like some of the casting too. I like the the trust fund kid, how he's just kind of always hanging around. I love that Fred Savage is in it too, because a guy my age remembers Fred Savage from, do you know the TV show that he was in? Yeah, Wonder Years. That was such a big deal show, dude, in like the, what was it, like the early 90s, mm-hmm. mid-90s? It was like one of the top, they were like, oh my God, he's not even on the screen and he's narrating it and it's so poignant for a little kid, you know? And it was just, it was a fun, yeah. it was a funny show. Everybody liked the chick that he liked and uh, it was very- Topanga. Topanga? <laughs> it was not Topanga. But I, yes, it was. It was Winnie. Who the hell's... No, her name was Topanga. Her name was Topanga. All right. You're staring at the walls right now. Are they? <laughs> what color are they? Are they pot butter? Pot butter green? <laughs> and they're melting. Hey, man, just because I know... Do you want me to look it up? Dude, I'll look it up. Her name's Topanga. Dude, look it up. Look it up right now. All right. You're talking about in Friends from College, or are you talking about Wonder Years? Wonder Years. Dude, it was Winnie. I was talking about Wonder Years. He liked Topanga. Fred Savage. Typing in Wonder Years chick. Wonder Years. How would I look it up? Cast. There we go. I don't even know if there is a Topanga dude. Yes. Are Tori and Topanga a couple in real life? Who? She was the girl next door, dude. It was the, it was the girl. Who's Tep- Topanga? Who the hell is Topanga? Dude, just type it in. Look at her picture. You're thinking of Boy Meets World. Oh, not Wonder Years? Dude. Isn't that the same show? No. <laughs> Wait. I was like, who's... Wonder Years. Dude, man. I like that, though. That just illustrates... The t- was Fred Savage in t- Boy Meets World, by the way? I don't think so. He's like 45. Boy Meets World was like last year. You just stopped watching it like right before we started doing the podcast. Fred Savage, dude. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. Wait, wait. I can't believe I got that mixed up. Boy. The theme song was uh, With a Little Help from My Friends. The Joe Cocker yeah, song. Yeah, Have a little help from my friends. I remember one day. Yeah, yeah, dude. Winnie was like, you know, just this little uh, nothing special type chick. That's what everyone liked about her. And he was just constantly. I can't believe I was just so adamant about. I like that. I like that the conviction. Being... That's how you got to be. That's how you got to be. Like That's how you got to be. Like the, just to bring it back to friends from college. I love the fucking lawyers. Go ahead, dude. You know it is. It, Go ahead, dude. Put your balls. Character, I think it's Fred Savage's brother. It's Ben Savage. No, Fred Savage is actually in it. No, no, no. Boy Meets World. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Is his brother, Ben Savage. Okay. I'm going to say yes, I agree with you on that. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, g- continue on about the our, our well, book club. Well, so Fred Savage from The Wonder Years, which was a huge show in the early 90s. I want to say, when the fuck was it on? Shouldn't I just be able to like see when it was on? Um, 
Yeah, Fred was his brother. I just looked at it. 88 to 93. 88 to 93. So that I started high school oh, in 89. Wow. It was on the whole time I was in high school. It wasn't it wasn't it, yeah, so. it wasn't like, you know, 20 some odd years later, not as huge of a show, but at that time it was a huge show. So anyway, for me, I love that Fred Savage is the he's the writer um the, the literary agent in uh, Friends with College, Friends from College. Yes, yes. I liked it. What do you like? Yeah, what do you think about it? He he. Um, it's interesting. I was really expecting him to be a director on the show as well as an actor, because uh, he directed a lot of. Um, I think it was going into season three. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, they were they the actors themselves were directing the show up until like season three, and then they hired on about four directors to like rotate through episodes mm-hmm. and Fred Savage was one of them is I think actually like two two of the of the four were actually childhood actors or like one was from Teen Wolf or something like that but um Topanga? yeah so Topanga? Fred Savage was directing that yeah Topanga dude um I I really I don't I don't know how I feel I felt about it it just, I didn't, uh, didn't do it for you. I don't, it didn't do it for me. You know, I thought it was, Hold on. how much did you watch? Did you watch like the first half of one or did you like, no, I watched two episodes. You watched two. I watched two full episodes. I think I might've watched three. Okay. I think I might've started going into three okay. because I think that's, um, I think two full episodes should be our baseline. Like you got to at least do two full ones. Okay. I like that. You know what I mean? I like that. Because some of them, because some of them, uh, especially if we start choosing something that might be like longer, like there might be shows out there that are like forty-five minutes. So you don't, I don't want to be forced to have to watch the whole thing three times. We can watch the whole thing if we want, but uh, yeah, maybe like maybe just. But if you're enjoying, it, obviously watch as much. So I gave it two full ones because I did. I do want to give it a shot. Um, it just wasn't my speed as far as the comedy that i enjoy i would say it was a well done show but i would say it's like they're incorporating more inter-character drama than um comedy and it's almost like a lot of shows are kind of going in that way because you know how game of thrones is all just it's nothing but just inter-character drama it's just do you know what he said do you know what he said to you i'm backstabbing you i have lies i have I have lies that he does not know. <laughs> I haven't, you know, that kind of thing. And like, um, wait, you're not a Game of Thrones people guy. People really, either? um, actually, well, I mean, I watched most of them. I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty damn good, man. Okay, but it's not like a comedy. That's when I watch that, I'm not watching. If they were shoehorning comedy into, that's the second time I've used shoehorn in this conversation. Yeah, comedy into that, <laughs> then I would be a little uncomfortable with it. I'm like, I don't know, Game of Thrones isn't really supposed to be a comedy. I don't know what I'm watching, but. The um, but I mean the uh, uh, the friends from college thing that was, it's just I'm not surprised you weren't a fan because a, I I thought you might like it but I mean I'm coming from a place where they're like my the people in the show are like my age so a lot of the references are like bam when they're saying that stuff it's exactly what I was thinking when you're doing um, you know when you're just kind of talking about the old days because they all were my same exact age. And they're in the right, same right. time of life. They're older. So, like, the shit that happens to 40-year-olds, not always exciting if you're not 40. If you're older, it's like that's, you know, been there, done that. If you're younger, you're like, I hope that doesn't fucking happen to me. Because I don't want to be a fucking <laughs> <old dude. laughs> So, I get it. All right. I don't well, I'm glad be that you watched, too. Person. 
Ash too. You know, I did enjoy the um it was just the the drama aspect, you know? I feel like I don't know. It's, but like I said, it was a good show. I could tell it was a well-done show. It just wasn't my... I think also because it's the first show that we, we need to... Uh, what was our ranking system? Do we have a ranking system? Um, we did. We, we came up with one last time. Um, we did? Uh, let's see. I'm looking at my notes here. It was... Oh, shit. Do do uh, I knew it was like uh, gotta watch it, don't waste your time. Right? You know what? I think we let me yeah, see. We did do something like that. Yeah. And I and I I had to have wrote, wrote it down. Let me let me look. All right. In these notes, man. This is something. This is what happens in this um, in this show. Uh, Jeff and Nelly, they're they're pretty aware of this. How you guys? How you doing, Jeff? How you doing, Nelly? Um, they uh, they know that we do this a lot. Sometimes we get to kill the dead air. Looking through, um, it's funny. My uh, my Netflix thing wants me watching the, wa- trying to watch that uh, Rob Schneider thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, he uh, he's definitely not for everybody, obviously. I mean, you know, again, it's an age thing too, right? Certain things just hit at the same time. Like, you clearly are crazy about fucking Boy Meets World. I feel like 50% of the time we talk, you shoehorn a fucking Boy Meets World reference in. So you can just. And now you're you're shoehorning shoehorn. (laughs) That's that's our. You know, we should start doing, we should start having a word word of the day, just like um, what's his name used to. uh, Like the Blues Clues guy? uh, Pee Wee, no Pee Wee Herman, man. Oh yeah, Pee Wee Herman. They went shit house. Yeah, we should use the word of the day. Yeah, they went shit house. They did. They fucking they would freak out. So I can't find um, what the what our ranking system was. Unfortunately, I'm looking at my notes. I don't see it. I I would have sworn I wrote it down, unless I drew pictures over it because I'm often scribbling pictures around while we're doing this. But um. Wait, must watch it? Here we go. All right, right, I found it. I found it. Ready? It's must watch it. That's the top one. And the second one was watch it if it's there. So if it's there and it's on, you know, all right, it's in front of me. I'll watch it. Like someone else is like, hey, you want to watch this? Like, sure. Um, And then the last one, it says is is ride a bike. As in, you're better off spending your time riding a bike. Do something else. I hear you. Do something else. Do something else. Well, so that doesn't give us a lot of room, but I like that we're forcing people to make choices because sometimes there's like 20 choices and people can be like, ah, I don't know, you know, I don't want to really commit to anything. In this one, it's either you like it or you don't. That's it. Yeah, so for you, how did you feel about that one? How would you rank? I would uh, say watch it if it's there. Friends from college. Watch it if it's there. I wouldn't go watch. on. I might not even finish it because it was not really that great. And there's so much good shit on. I, I would probably, yeah. I may not finish the whole thing. And you know what? I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm definitely going to have to agree with you. Watch it if it's there. See, I, that's perfect. So now people, that's our rating. If somebody ever brings it up or they see it, uh, friends from college, they will know. Um, so, yeah, I think we should rightfully give like a synopsis. It's about this group of uh, friends who, of course, all went to, I think it was what, Harvard together? Harvard, yes. Yes, they all went to Harvard together and uh, they're 
once they graduated college, their lives had them strewn about the country. Some of them in New York City, some of them in Chicago. And I think everybody uh, was in New York except for the one couple. Yes. Right. Uh, okay. So yeah, the one couple was not there, but there was um, there's some relations still being uh, uh, um, still connecting a few of them, sexual and otherwise. And uh, whether they just like talk to each other on the phone or whatever, it's just uh, you know a lot of little drama. They end up having uh, the couple end up ha- has moving back to Chicago from yeah back to whew, wow New York City from Chicago, and um, you know hilarity ensues. Am I right? That's just their shenanigans. Wait, wait. The shit they get did into. you did you watch enough to see her her day at work? The uh, Keegan's wife. Go to yeah, that was actually I thought that was a lot of dude, fun. Dude, that was pretty goddamn funny, man. The super overly sexually aggressive lawyers. The dudes like they're yelling into the phone. There's like 20 dudes, boiler room style, all around a a uh, speakerphone, and they're talking like the SEC a conference call. And yeah. the guy's like muting, and he's like, "Would you suck my dick?" And they're all like, "Yeah!" And then he goes, "Unmute, unmute it. I'm sorry, Bob. What was that that you said about paragraph four? Da, da, da. Mute it, mute it, mute it. You fucking <laughs> and just like saying all the stupid <laughs> shit." It was, it, was, yeah. it was fairly hilarious. I, I did. I, th- I I really liked that part. I thought it was... Uh, yeah, but I watched like, it was I watched like five, and it's, like you said, it's much more drama. It's a, it's not the speed you're looking at. You like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You want, like, crinkled balls I of aluminum. I need flashing colors. Lights, yeah. Yeah, I need sirens, loud flashing things. Yeah. Just to reiterate, um, Isaiah's favorite show was the original Pokemon from Japan, which yeah. we know was taken off the air when like a thousand Japanese kids had seizures because it was so fucking crazy with the lights. And then they put it back on. They took it off the air because they put a thousand kids in the hospital with fucking seizures. Did you ever hear about this? This is kind of... Dude, you know what? Fuck. It's just a... It's They they were just thinning out the herd, man. And you know what? (laughs) Well, they didn't die. The kids didn't die. They just had fucking seizures. And then evidently the kids were so pissed. I don't know if it was the other millions or whatever... They went. We want to fucking back on. They went. No, oh, fuck it. The kids who parent, the kids who had seizures, yeah, will fuck fucking those little weak pussies. Watch it. You can't even risk. watch Pokemon without fucking stroking out you little dorks. Little dorks. What's more dorky than watching Pokemon? Stroke having a seizure with having, <laughs> having, having a seizure while watching Pokemon. <laughs> that is an appropriate answer. Oh. It is more dorky. <laughs> So, um, all right, buddy. Uh, that's how we, we rank it. So now our listeners, we will be ranking uh, all kinds of things, all kinds of Netflix shows. So now our, our official ranking is watch it if it's there for friends from college. All right. Um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? What's the next uh, one? We got to Oh, yeah, yeah. So you you should you uh you have three choices. Yes. I, so you're gonna pitch them to me, and then I will choose which one we will go with uh, the next. And time. I don't know a lot about any of these three because that's I'm really trying to go with that, like looking at things that might interest me, but I'm not even really going beyond the thumbnail because then I'll start looking at it, then I'll start reading about it, and then I'll be like, no, I don't want to watch that, or I want to watch it. And I'm trying to be true to our, uh, you know, fly by the seat of our pants thing, a la. Millennial Book Club. So here are the three options. You pick one. We'll watch at least two. Um, the Joel McHale Show. You familiar with Joel McHale? Um, yes. 
Yes. All right. I, that's the bare minimum answer, but we will accept that. I just checked with the judges. I want. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you. Yeah, just get, finish up with the uh, the rest. We're gonna have to strike that one from. Uh, I've already been watching that. Show, oh shit! So. All right, you can say that. That's okay. So you can't. Yeah, I, I was gonna wait till you read all three of them and then tell you we'll we'll strike luckily, that one. Out, but I'll just tell you now. Luckily, I'm prepared as shit, and I got four. Uh, my, oh, but. Mind Hunter. Disjointed. How are you spelling that? Mind. M I N D. M I N D. Okay. Disjointed. And everything sucks. Okay, so Mind Hunter, and then okay, Disjointed. Now, I think the only one I haven't seen on there is Mind Hunter. Can do you, can you do you have like a, a small synopsis? Like, what does it look like? What what kind of show does it look like? It looks like. It might be like a, um, hold on. Like I said, I just looked at the thumbnail. I couldn't remember. In the late 70s, two FBI agents expand criminal science by delving into the psychology of, that jumped all over me, uh, delving into the psychology of murder and getting uneasily close to all two real monsters. So think like Netflix's answer maybe to CSI. Okay, okay. You know what though? They're they're an hour. I didn't realize that they're a fucking hour. So okay, take okay. that with a grain of salt. You only have to pick one. Now let me ask you this: you, yeah, How yeah. many Everything Sucks have you seen? Have you watched? Some? I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any of Everything Sucks. Oh, okay. How about uh, Disjointed? I haven't seen any of of Disjointed. Okay. So you haven't seen any Disjointed. Disjointed is about joints. Yeah, yeah. I'm I so I'm pretty sure I I know what those two shows are. Disjointed is the one where they that it looks like their answer to the Showtime show called Weeds. Yeah. And actually, now that I look at it, who's in it inside? I might not want to fucking watch that. Isn't it the the mom from um Waterboy? Yeah. Um what the fuck's that lady? She's in it. Yeah, but she, football. Kathy she, Foosball is the devil. She's the lady that broke what's his face's ankles in Misery. Kathy Bates. That's how what I think of her as. Do you ever see Misery, the Stephen Who? King movie? No, no, no. Oh, dude, it's a I great haven't. movie. Um, the guy from uh, who's the guy? The guy is a very famous old Italian actor, James Caan. You know who James Caan is? Yes, I mean, uh, uh, I'm not he, completely. He's a writer. Familiar. He about. writes these uh, adventure novels or adventure romance novels. Okay. He's driving in Colorado and his car crashes, and he is saved by his biggest fan, Kathy Bates, and she's like a fucking psycho that lives by herself in the woods, and she's just like a crazed fan. And after it gets better, she fucking keeps him there because she wants him to stay forever and write a book for her. Like, she just wants him around. So oh. she fucking hobbles his ass okay. at some point. She puts this big block of wood between his feet and fucking smashes his fucking ankles with, a like, a maul. It's fucking awesome. His ankles just, his feet just you like... Know, <laughs> you know, what's funny is I've... Uh, they recreated that they a, a number of times, and a number of different things have taken that idea of a, the crazy lady. And I think even Kathy Bates has... There's this show. I'm pretty sure this is the show I'm thinking of. Yeah, there's a show on Adult Swim called uh, Neon Joe Wolf Hunter. Neon Joe. Wolf and if I'm Hunter. not mis, yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it was Kathy Bates as well. They had her playing the same 
Rolik, like, he is this romance novel novelist, but he's also like a werewolf hunter. Uh, but nobody knows he he's this like romance novelist, but she does because he's he was like reciting lines from the book, and she's like, oh, I've read every book, right? And uh, ends up taking him and and tying you know kidnapping him and trying to make him finish the last book. Yeah, I mean that would make sense to put Kathy Bates in that role because that's what everyone th- a lot of people think of her as. So. But I'm not really a big fan of the idea of watching, like you said. That's what I was thinking when I when I look beyond the thumbnail. Looks like Netflix's answer to Weeds. I have no interest in watching Weeds, seeing a drama about fucking yeah. people around pot. Like, I thought it was like a docu. Oh, the worst. I thought it was a doc type thing about weed, where it was doing weed in different settings and different, looking at it from different angles. I'm not even that big into weed, but I, it looked like it was entertaining. But no, fuck disjointed. So don't pick that one. But. Yeah. Everything Sucks is about 1990s high school kids in Oregon. Uh, and Mind Hunter is the 70s. That, that might not be good either. So I know we picked a few, but I think after we worked through it, unless you got. Yeah, it looks like we're doing every Everything Sucks. So, nice. um, And here's the other thing is uh, it's because I, 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 I just it kind of came into my mind when I was thinking about it. I um, The last show that we watched like we don't always have to be watching a comedy even though the last one i was kind of reaming it for for being a comedy and a drama and it's just because i wasn't interested in that type of thing but these don't have to be comedies these can even be like like peaky peaky blinders like i've never watched that show but i've heard good things about peaky blinders but that's not a comedy at all that's like a real kind of drama show you know what i mean a period piece type of thing though yeah 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 so it could be anything it could be anything but uh, but for this week, I I, I think um, what we got it narrowed down to here is uh, everything sucks, right? Everything sucks. I think that's what we're gonna watch. I like the high school stuff. High school is easy to to make funny and to make uh, you know the drama. Even the <clears throat> drama can be funny. So we'll see. Yeah. And again, I feel like that's gonna appeal to me because you know early '90s when I was in high school, early '90s you were sucking at someone's tit, literally. Yeah, that's right. Shoehorning the tongue on some nipple, if that's an appropriate way to... Every ep- every episode, baby. So, all right, for our book club, Millennial Book Club, everybody, uh, we will be watching Everything Sucks, so come back next week. And um, if you have any suggestions, be sure to jump onto the uh, Talking Points podcast Facebook page, and if you have any suggestions for shows that we should watch for the what you call it or if you have any just talking point suggestions as it is you can go ahead and give them to us on our facebook page tom holland's lawyer suggested that very soon the facebook page go behind what he termed the paywall so you may want to get on quick i don't know what that is but it doesn't sound good wait is that a real thing the paywall Yeah. yeah yes Yes, that is. What is the what is the paywall? What's going well, on? Tell me about well, that. Well, a paywall is, uh, you know, you have content that's free, and then you have content that you charge for, and the content that you charge for, you can euphemistically refer to as behind the paywall, right? Because you got to log in and get a username, and you got to pay twelve bucks a month, or sixty eight bucks a year, or or whatever. Mm. Paywall. That's why Tom Holly hey, well, is on TV, and I'm in my living room with no pants on. 
Paywall. Paywall, baby. That's the fucking reason. <laughs> Dude, what's the what's the when's the last time you listened to um before we go into our last our very last, you know, not the last uh but yeah, before we go into our Google alerts and of course the talking points, the meat of the talking points sandwich. Um when's the last time you listened to uh like what's the last podcast you listened to? The last podcast I listened to was I listened to very regularly Never Not Funny. And I bet you that was the last one I listened to. If I put my Oh, you know what? No, the last thing I listened to was on a run. I listened to WTF uh, because he had Nick Nolte on last week. Like, I just wanted to hear. But you would say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it was not a great podcast because Nick Nolte is old now. And you know how he's always had that craggly, scraggy voice, scruffy voice? Like, he now sounds like he's ready to die. He's like, ew. We're back in the 70s when we used to fucking smoke cigarettes nonstop. I used to fucking... And you can't even understand what the fuck he said. And I think Marin was like, I don't want to ask him to repeat it. I just want to get to the fucking end of this before his fucking lungs fucking explode right in my face. Uh, but, you know, it's Nick Nolte, man. He's like a royalty type of guy. He's been in so much shit. I just watched one of his classic movies like a month ago. It was called North Dallas 40 about like how difficult pro football is and they all have to do drugs, just get on the field and all that shit. And uh, he was talking about it and I was like, this is fucking really cool because, you know, Nick Nolte has been an actor for like 30 some odd years. He's one of those guys that's just like a, without being a huge icon that comes up and burns out real quick because they overexpose people like a, uh, like a Dane Cook or like an Amy Schumer soon will be or like a whole list of people. You know what I mean? There's only a handful of people that can burn bright for a very long time the people that usually that get lifted to the very top and burn out because they get overexposed and people go ah fuck them i don't like them that much Mm -hmm. and then they just drop right but then you got guys like nick nolte Mm -hmm. they're never like the guy that's like in your face but they get up there and then they just level off at a really high level and then they're just in shit forever he's just like the backdrop of america for the last 30 years yeah you really i think you're right yeah do you know who what I think of as the toppiest top? The toppiest top. What do you think of as the top for like for 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 like American fame? And I don't mean like the president of the United States, but I mean like actual fame. Our celebrity, <laughs> like royalty. the toppiest. The when I think of when I think of celebrity world, how how what defines the top as far as fame? Who is it? The most. Do you hear that, dude? It's a fucking jackass outside, like on a scooter. Um, <laughs> I don't hear it. Oh, dude, it was, it was killing me. So do you want me to tell you? Yes. Are you going to say the Kardashians? Or do you want to think of it? The Kardashians, of course. If you have any affili- affiliation within two degrees, so you have to know someone who knows someone, that's a Kardashian. Is that really what you're going to say? Um, No. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, talk show, late night show host. Uh, when I think of if someone like who's made it to like the top as far as just... Letterman. Like David Letterman or Leno, uh, Le- Jay Leno, and uh, what's the what's the other guy? The, like the first guy, not the first. Johnny one, Carson. Car- Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson was fucking. Uh, yeah, well, he was. Yeah. Though you think that's the yeah. the most because they're very recognizable, yep. right? Because they're literally on TV 
five nights a week for yeah. a long time in a big slot. Five nights a week. It's their show. It's a variety show. They can do whatever whatever they want. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to be on five nights a week and be like likable mm-hmm. five nights a week, most of the year. Everyone fucking knows them. They know every fucking actor, singer, anybody because they are all, all on their show. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's literally their show, their name. Every every movie. movie of any substance, at all, size at all, I should say, has to run through their fucking curtain and go through the bullshit. Yep. So what's your fucking stupid movie about, asshole? Well, thank you very much, Johnny. Yeah. I'm so pleased to be All right, get the fuck out of here. That movie's going to suck. Comes out all right, get here. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Because how many people, it's like, I've like, you ever heard of this movie, Battlestar Galactica? No. You ever heard of Johnny Carson? Yup. <laughs> 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 no, that's a good point. They are definitely high in the... I think they are the most, yeah. Yeah. You ever heard... How many... Just start asking. It's Yeah, I think uh, I think it is. Yep. Oprah's pretty big. And to think of that, dude, that, that to be able to carry the show like that, like uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. These are these uh, are our like future the new guys, the, huge guys. The new generations. Yep. Dude, who, who are you? I... Um, Who's your favorite of all the of of the ones right now currently? Who's your favorite late night of the ones right now? Um, I mean, you know what, dude? I like Jimmy Fallon. I think the guy's works really hard. I think he's funny. I think he's got a lot of talent. I love the uh, Justin Timberlake tie-in thing. He can always get Justin Timberlake to come on, and they're funny together. I, I like Fallon. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's okay. I definitely like Fallon over him, and then uh, the British guy that's on like Super Late. Not crazy about him. I do like the car karaoke thing. Oh. I think that is going to be something that is going to do well for him. The car karaoke thing. Oh, the car car okay. yeah, yeah. But I also love. I really love yeah. when Jimmy Fallon does. He picks like a pop singer, and they get the roots into the little room, and they play her song or his song. It's usually a chick. Uh, like on the kids' instruments. Have you seen any of those? Mm-hmm. No. They're pretty good. It's probably not aimed at you. You know what I mean? You're looking at like muscle. Muscle mag ads and like ads for creatine and you know d- dick growth pills. I know what type of ads are aimed at a guy of your youth and virility, and it's not Jimmy Fallon in a room with the Roots singing uh, uh, that all about that bass song. But you know it's it's a good little it's a good little thing. It's wholesome. I like him. He does the lip sync battles where he has like a, a celebrity come on and do like a song. I don't know. I, I think I think Fallon's my guy. I liked Mine Letterman is, way better way back, but he's not there anymore. Who's yeah. your guy? Mine is Conan O'Brien, man. Conan O'Brien. Does he still a do a Conan show? Conan Does he still do a show? Yeah. Where is it? TBS, baby. TBS. When's the last time you watched it? Team Coco. Team Coco forever. I'm a Conan O'Brien. He even started branching off and doing like this little interesting side like travel show, like where he was like going to different places and like traveling around. Dude, he's just the the fucking best, man. All right. I, I feel like w- watching him and the way he is, like, he's really fucking quick, man. He's, like, quick, you know, like, always really kind of on and funny. He's quick. And uh, seeing him in public, whenever they put him in public, I love seeing him, like, walk around and talk to people and shit. The guy's a giant. He's, like, 6'6 six, six or something. Yeah, he is a big, tall ginger. Big, tall guy. He's I like Conan. Guy. I like Conan. It's a great I, li- I really I like, like Andy Richter. He's my favorite. I always like Andy Richter. I don't think that guy gets enough do because he's kind of like you know he's he's ed mcmahon to conan o'brien who was like the late late guy but yeah all right i like conan i love it i love the little yeah i like conan you know what's funny is this started off with a podcast thing um and we we directed it there but that's great that's the way this that's the way talking points goes 
But um, wait, what's the, so? Wait, you asked yeah. me. I want to ask you in turn. Uh, what is the last podcast you listened to? It was Mysterious Universe, man. Mysterious Universe. But I'm. I want to. I want to. Yeah. I. I. So when's the last time you like actually listened to an episode of that? Uh, man, it's been a long time. It has been a long. It's time. been a long time, yeah. man. They. So the episode that's on right now. It's. Uh, it's cover or this week's episode. They cover this guy. Uh, it's a story about the this guy who pleaded insanity to a bunch of uh, charges, and he got away with it. And he's one of very few cases, like literally like three or four cases in history, who have actually uh, got away with an insanity plea. This is Billy but, Billy um, Milligan. Billy Milligan. Billy yes. Milligan. <laughs> Billy Milligan. It's really interesting, but anyway, dude, it's just. You know, that's not our subject. Our subject is not that out there into the universe kind of thing, but just the way they present their show. Uh, it's just these two guys, and they, the way they, they go back and forth and they do their whole thing. It's so tight, and it's so good, and uh, it's so entertaining. It's just it's it's not always funny. Although, what is funny to me is I've listened to a lot of co- quote-unquote comedy podcasts and, that are supposed to be just funny, and those guys almost like kind of have made me laugh more often but uh i don't know i don't know man it's just i really i really look up to them and how they and they start up the podcast welcome to mysterious universe i'm benjamin wright with me as always is aaron grundy today on the show we have spiked javelinas of ghostly hollows we have what happens when your grandmother comes back from the dead to bake you cookies and of course the japanese hair thief trade that's good stuff they must have uh, they do a lot of research it sounds like yeah, not as much I as mean, us but i, I th- mean it sounds like they do a lot no we definitely do the most we do the most research like for instance this week um what did you have to research um i had rob schneider wellington <laughs> new zealand and a band called Flogging Molly from the nineties. Oh, this is this should be a fun one. I had, if any everyone remembers, Werner Herzog, uh, Anthony Bourdain, and a band called the Black Keys. So, um, who who who's gonna go first? You want to go first? I will. Yeah, I will go first. I did uh, so. In the last two weeks, since we did our last update, that's how long I have my alert going for Rob Schneider. Not a lot going on with Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider, just to, uh, in case you don't know who that is, was a, it has been a comedian for like 30 years. He was on the Saturday Night Live for, I want to say like six or eight seasons in the 90s. Uh, he got into um, the Adam Sandler Brigade. And he got to be in a bunch of movies that were either uh, Adam. He had little bit parts in Adam Sandler's movies, or he had stuff produced. Movies like Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, which is one of the most foolish movies ever. But I like Rob Schneider. That's a huge bitch. <laughs> you remember that? That's like. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to even like. It's hard to even like get into a lot of Rob Schneider stuff because it's so silly and not like. But it's not aimed at little kids either because it's always silly with like these sexual undertones. So it's like, who is this for? I can't show my 12-year-old who would laugh at like the physical aspects of it because it's, it's all sex jokes. 
But anyone who understands sex is not into the... But I don't know. He, the, the guy's been around for a long time. He does... He's been in some of the bigger movies in that in that group. Like the Grown Ups movies probably made him a fortune. And, uh, you know, he's a traveling comedian. So he's all over the place. Right now, for the last couple weeks, he has been in uh, the UK. And he's been in other spots in Europe. Uh, also... He does this thing with Jeff Ross where they do the, um, what, I don't even know what the forum is for that, I guess, but they do a lip sync thing where they battle each other. So is that even, it's on a show. Really? Yes. It's on a show, but I don't even know what the venue is. Like what channel is it on? But Jeff Ross and Rob Schneider dress up in these ridiculous outfits and they do like big famous songs. They do these lip sync battles. I actually, I haven't seen one yet. But I think I am going to look him up because some of the stuff that I saw, I was like, I just want to literally just want to see what that would look like. Uh, it seemed yeah. like it was Jeff Ross and Rob Schneider, like mostly. So maybe they just keep going up against each other. I don't know how I still. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. You know, there's this news sources on that you come across that like they're, they're so not even news sources. They don't tell you what's going on. I guess, the, is the Paramount Network, is that a channel? Have you heard of that? I No, I, I have no idea if it's a channel It might even not. be an internet channel. I don't know. But um, Oh, yeah, like you go to yeah, Paramount.com or something? Uh, maybe. I don't, I'm going to look into that, and I'm going to get back to you. I have not. I didn't actually watch it. But R Rob Schneider, not a whole lot going on except these, these uh, lip sync battles with mostly against Jeff Ross. I didn't even know he knew Jeff Ross. Well, there you go. I mean, they've both been around for a long time, so yeah. it would make sense. They've probably, uh, you know, been in front of and behind of each other uh, on lineups and stuff. I'm Rob Schneider, and I'm Jeff Ross. He, oh, you know what? There was one thing, that though, that did come up. Hold on. I, I made a note here. Um, Rob Schneider did make a speech about... Hold on. Rob Schneider did an interview for LifeZet.com, or maybe it's PopZet, and it was the LifeGet thing. I don't, uh, basically, though, he was he was talking about how important freedom of speech is because, you know, it's a slippery slope, and once they start getting on comedians, then no one is safe because comedians, and I, I do agree with this. I mean, I think most people do. Comedians really should be able to say whatever the fuck they want to say. They're comedians. That's the whole point of what they're doing is to be ridiculous kind of outside of the I, I don't I get uncomfortable when comedians start getting in trouble for saying shit you know if you're stealing a guy's joke that's one thing that's just being a lazy comedian but you should really be able to say whatever the fuck you want we're not in Nazi Germany you know what I mean but you still hear it though they're like oh you can't make yeah. that joke about lesbian activity or about you know a black guy or whatever it's like fuck off like that's their whole job yeah is to fucking push the envelope that's their job yeah yep yeah, man, I 100% I agree. In your, I like the way you put it. You get uncomfortable. I get uncomfortable when that happens. Yeah, yeah I do. Cause I, you know why? Because I think there's going to be good points made because the people that are writing these things pick one thing and they take it out of context and they're like, Rob Schneider and his xenophobic comments about Jews. Is this going to, you know, this is such a terrible thing and we can't do And it's like, fuck you. You listen to the joke and you're like, it was a joke. And maybe it was a good joke. Maybe I liked it. Maybe it sucked. I thought it sucked, whatever. 
But when you start attacking them for it, it's like now they have to run. A, it's hard enough to come up with fucking material and to make in, good material is, is very hard to come across. And now you have to make sure everyone is okay with it because nobody's fucking okay with it. So you really just got to make sure these like the, the political correctness police are okay with your joke. And it's typically they're not the best judges of fucking what's funny. So it's, it's not good. Nah, dude, it's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst, yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, that's choosing. Like, these people are choosing to. We talked about this so many different times. Yeah, it gets belabored. But anyway, that's yeah. that, he, he was in an article, and that was the, the main gist of the interview. Other than that, nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing, nothing. happened with Rob Schneider. How about, how about you? What do you got? What yeah. do you got? What do I got? Well, uh, let's go to our first person. It was Werner Herzog. Love Werner Herzog. Oh, I think your dog's like uh, old uh, Werner Herzog as I well. I got two dogs, dude. So now we're like twice as risky. Twice. When did you get in? Uh, wait, haven't you always had two dogs? Um, I've had two dogs since like Christmas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Werner Herzog, man, what, what can, what, what can be said about Werner Herzog that has not already been said about the Werner Herzog? Uh, he is a, he's a German screenwriter, film director, author, actor, and opera director. Um, people know him for his, you know, kind of, in, not, I wouldn't, I don't want to use the word like invasive, but definitely a gonzo style kind of. Similar to Hunter S. S. Thompson, if only with film, um, trying to to capture the more gritty side of things. Uh, if he's filming like a documentary that might also be kind of scripted, or if he's shooting, if he's shooting like a movie that is a scripted movie, he might go to a location to shoot and then ask the people that happen to be there to be in the movie. Like maybe it might be an employee at a store, or he might be like, "Hey, can you? I'm gonna just say these lines, you know, like do this thing. You know what I mean?" Can't get more legit than that. No, you can't. And I really, really uh, think his style is really badass. He had that uh, movie that you told me about before I got on, uh, before we had it. What was the the one with the bear? Grizzly right? Man. Do you remember the name? Grizzly of it? Man. Grizzly Fucking Man. Great movie. I really, uh, yeah. And if that's on Netflix, I really want to watch that because that's. I think I'm gonna watch that. It's really worth um, watching. It was really good. Yeah, you saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it like. 10 years ago I could still probably quote half of it it was a very interesting movie yeah that's really cool so Werner Herzog he um, he was uh, mentioned mentioned a lot for different people being um, I can read you some of the things that kind of were, were mentions of his but not a lot of not a lot he was definitely the lightest lightest one that I had um, but there is some interesting shit about Werner Herzog um Let's see. It's funny. He, he actually had a class for a while where he was teaching his. Where's this information? I want to find it. I want to. I gotta find this here for you. Um. He was he was one time uh, scheduled to get on on this plane from like Peru, or it was like flying to Peru. It was like through the jungles and uh, South America. And um, he ended up not getting on the plane uh, for some reason. I don't remember. He was, like, late to the airport or something like that. And the plane ended up crashing and in the middle of the rainforest. And everybody died on the plane crash. Jesus. Except for, yeah, except for one 
girl, one lady. She didn't die. She's the only one. And Werner ended up making a documentary about her surviving this plane crash called Wings of Hope. And uh, I thought that was really fucking interesting. But yeah, like her... like it is interesting. Her... Yeah, so, okay, yeah. In 1971, while Herzog was location scouting for Aguirre, <coughs> the Wrath of God, in Peru, he narrowly avoided taking Lanza Flight uh, 508. Herzog's reservation was canceled due to a last-minute change in itinerary. The plane was later struck by lightning and disintegrated, but one survivor, Julian Kopke, um, lived for lived after a free fall. Long haunted by the event, nearly 30 years later, he made a documentary film, Wings of Hope, uh, which explored the story of the sole survivor, which I think that's fucking incredible. That is. That's, that's really that cool. That is pretty cool. Like, no one asked, that's cool asked what shit. your inspiration was for the movie. Are you just doing this to make a few bucks? Or you got like, no, I mean, I, I almost died in that crash. That's cool. I almost died in that crash. I was on that plane. And only one lady didn't die, and so I made a movie about her. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. Um, and the reason I... Uh, yeah, and you know what's, and, and I think that's really, really interesting. And you know who else um, that happened to? Who? In the that's that's a really public figure. Um, Seth MacFarlane was supposed to get onto one of the two oh, planes one of the that nine crashed th- into the twin towers. Yes, that's right. I think you told me that. Yeah. Someone told me that. I told you that. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. He was he he missed the flight due to a hangover. That's that's crazy, man. That's something that never you'll never mm-hmm. not think about that. No matter what happens to you, you'll always be thinking about something like that. If you almost got mm-hmm. on a plane mm-hmm. that crashed, I mean, you can't have a closer unless like a piano falls from five stories and lands right behind you. Mm-hmm. But even that won't stay with you, I don't think, as long as a fucking plane crash where like mm-hmm. other people died and you would have. Everyone, yeah, you would have. He would. Have. Seth MacFarlane, dude. We wouldn't have American Dad, Cleveland Show. Uh, would it be so hard, by the way? Ran Family Guy for a little. Would it be so what? hard to just put like a hundred parachutes on a fucking plane, and like they're like it's going down. We don't know if any of you people are gonna make it if you parachute, but here's a fucking parachute. We're all joking. at least you'll, you'll have a chance. Yeah, here's a parachute. Like, what the you fuck? Have a chance. You know what I mean? Have a chance. Yeah. I don't know, man. But um, anyway, I think that I want you to have that as a uh, as a Google alert for uh, that's a topping point talking point topic for next week will be. Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. You got it. Yeah. I think uh, he's a he's a stand up respectable guy. He's got a lot. He's got his fingers in a lot of shit. And uh, let's see what what he's up to. I do agree episode. with you that he's got his fingers in shit, and I think the guy's a douchebag. But I look forward to looking it up. Really? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, all right. So, what did you have next? Um, I had. We'll do. Flogging Molly, 90s uh, ska band. I don't know, for people that are not familiar with ska, it was one of my favorite types of music in the 90s. I was much more of a Boston's guy. Flogging Molly was one of those, um, you know, they did the Celtic thing, so it was more like uh, nowadays you got, who the fuck are those guys? They do all the shit for the Red Sox. The Dropkick Murphys type of thing, where like mm. they got a bunch of... Uh, regular type uh, ska songs, but then there's a lot of Irish folk stuff mixed in. 
Uh, Floggy Molly was from like like more like late '90s. They're still around, but I think their albums were really released like the late '90s. Um, you know, I don't know if people would know like any of their songs really. Do you? Is there a particular Flogging Molly song that you think of when you think of Flogging Molly? Uh, yeah, I think the song that got me into the band, which was just Drunken Lullabies, they used it in a number of different like video games and stuff. It was in Tony Hawk Pro Skater like two, and then uh, they used a number of their Drunken they Drunken Lullabies. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was the name of. It was also the name of the album. It was like their second one. Yes, their second album, Drunken Lullabies. Uh, and then they. They had another song. Uh, they had another song that was in a movie with um, Gerard Butler and Jennifer Aniston. P.S. I love you. They uh, they licensed their their songs out to a number of different things, you know, commercials and different shit like that. But pretty sure they just had an album released last year. Um, according to Wikipedia, they did have an album released last year. It's called "We Will Sell All This Shit to Whatever You Want." Old Spice, hope you're watching. <laughs> Old Spice. They're, they're, this is the type of band new. that is dying to get picked up on a fucking Michelob Ultra commercial so they can fucking go back mm-hmm. and do their own shit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, listen, I don't think they're the suckiest band of all time. I don't think I... Because I don't think I'm special enough to come across the suckiest band of all time. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I like that. But, I like how you put that. But I don't think I'm special enough to come across the... That's the, the only thing saving them from that. I mean, and I like Ska... But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? There's bands like this. They're, uh, th- the last couple of weeks, not much happened with them. It's like tour schedules and stuff. It looks like they are in the... They've been in the West Coast. Looks like some Sacramento shows. Uh, Hollywood Palladium on St. Patty's Day. Um, they're heading to... I don't know what that tour is. I don't even know what tours are now. But everybody gets grouped up now. Like, they're huge. Tours are, like, now, like, 15 band fucking extravaganzas where they sometimes don't even have all 15 bands at every show. So if you're looking for those things and you're like, oh, I'm going to... I know they're in, like, it used to be, like, the Warp Tour or... Um, I don't know what the fuck the tours were. I'm not a big concert guy, to tell you the truth. But I do know mm-hmm. that you used to, like... It used to be the fucking Rolling Stones tour and they'd have, like, an opening band and that's it. You knew you were going to the Rolling Stones. Now... They have these big tie-ins with all these commercial sponsors, and sometimes they can't even get all the bands to all the dates. So you might be going for a specific band, you get your ticket. It's like, no, they're not even doing Richmond, Virginia. They're only doing the alphabetical A to L's up the coast because they're just they don't need to do it, you know. But whatever. Um, I mean, I, I was looking for like anything I could talk about that happened in the last two weeks, other than the little uh, synopsis of them, and it's really. Just their tour schedule. They're mostly in the West Coast right now. And it um, looks like they're in the West Coast for like... I really feel like they just go up and down the West Coast. Maybe they do a show outside. Uh, oh, all right. You know what? June 8th, they're doing Minneapolis. So they come as far as Minneapolis. I don't see a lot of East... I don't go. see a lot of East Coast shit. You would figure that they would be... Right, you'd figure that they'd be more of an East Coast band. I want to say that they're from New York. <clears throat> well, maybe they were. They originated in. You know what? Out west. Did they? Where do you think they must have originated? Out yeah. west, right? With this tour, L.A. Yeah, California. Yeah, they're L.A. All right. Yeah, and I guess LA. if you just play in the percentages, everything comes out of fucking L.A. or New York. I've seen them. I saw them here. I mean, they come to Janus Landing a lot up in St. Pete. Really? Uh, maybe they've already. Yeah, maybe they already toured on this side. 
Yeah. Or uh, maybe it's going to be later on. Who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows, man? I'll tell you what. The last thing I'll say about these guys, because I didn't really come up with a whole lot for the last two weeks. But the name, if anyone out there is a raging Flogging Molly fan, they probably already know this. Uh, but what they did was they started a couple of bands, broke up, and the actor pieces got together. And they played at this place called an L.A. pub called Molly Malone's like every week. They played the fucking place every single Monday. And at some point when they got their record deal, they had to come up with the name. And that's when they said, fuck it. We're at Molly's every night. We'll call it Flogging Molly's. And we're beating this with a dead horse. And they mm-hmm. felt like we were flogging it to death. We used to play there every Monday night. Yeah. And we felt like we were flogging it to death. So we called the band Flogging Molly. And, and that mm-hmm. is the story of one of the most unremarkable bands ever to not one come of up the West Coast. Man. Bam. I, hey, man, I like them. I like Flog and Molly. I listen to Flog and Molly. <laughs> I listen to the new CD. I kind of like it. Uh, thank you. You just shit all over everything I care about. <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, I'm like a... I, I can't really get into bands, dude. Let, let me... With bands... There's so much bullshit that goes into it. Like, I think the beauty of a band is that they get together and they have a couple of moments. Even the fucking Stones, who have been around forever, or the Beatles, they really only have Uh 10, 15, like the best bands of all time have like 20 really good songs. Like the best bands of all time. So if you're following a band for years, you know there's really only a half a dozen songs you like. Other than that, they're just echoing those songs, and you're thinking of those songs, and they're like lesser quality versions of those songs. You like them because you've heard them hundreds of times and they remind you of an older time. But really, they only have those five or six songs. So I'm much more of like, a, I like this song, I like that song, I like this song. There's a handful of bands that I like. Like at work right now, I've been going through this thing with this band Morphine, like from the 90s, only because it really brings me back to the 90s. But I can't get Wi-Fi at work, so I can't stream anything. And I don't have a lot of shit saved on my phone. But I do have five albums. And of the five... For whatever reason, three of them are morphine albums. And so I just put the three albums in a loop. And I probably, like, by the third time or fourth time I get through the whole loop, it's pretty much the end of the day. Jeez. I like it, though. I like listening to shit that yeah. blocks out blocks out what's what's going on around me so I can kind of just concentrate on what mm-hmm. I'm doing. So it's, it's almost like it warps time for you. Yeah, it is, it is kind of trippy sometimes because I'm like, fuck, is this the third time I'm hearing fucking All Your Way? I'm like, and it's like 1230. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing with your life? Then I go, all right, just well, fucking just yeah. keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Going to be dead soon. That's, that's the way yep. my mind works. <laughs> all right. Well, before you die, let's, uh, let me, let me get out my next, uh, your favorite band, even though you said you don't do bands, your favorite band, the black keys, my favorite band, the huh? black keys. I do like the black keys, man. Fuck. Yeah. They're, they got some good stuff. Well, you said, you said I didn't like bands. Well, I'm not like a big band guy, you know, but they got like a half a dozen. But he loves songs. the Black Keys. I like a half a dozen Black Keys songs. How's that? At least. Maybe eight. Half a dozen. What do you think about the Black Keys? So the the Black Keys, they started in uh, Akron, Ohio, right? Whoops. I'm typing in Akron. That's funny. Uh, the Black Keys, they started out in Akron, Ohio. It's just a couple of guys. I didn't know that there was only, literally only two guys. I had no idea. <coughs> um... And those two guys are, and the genre is kind of like blues rock and like indie rock or garage rock, right? That kind of thing. Um, where are the members? Yeah, yeah. Dan Arbach, 
which I think that's how you say his last name, and Patrick Carney is the drummer. So you have a uh, Dan is on guitar and he like sings and stuff, and then you got Patrick who's on the the drums. Um, then they started out. They had a bit of a rough start. They they dropped out of college, and it was uh, they had that typical. You know, they were recording in a basement and recording in a garage, and uh, they somebody picked up their record. Like they made a they made an EP or whatever, recorded a couple songs, and uh, people liked it. And they they were touring, doing the whole thing, and they slowly just real uh, nose to the grindstone kind of rising star story of the the Black Keys. And it was it's interesting. They came up right around the time of the White Stripes which a lot of people kind of liken them. They're like, ah, it's like the same band. It's just this guy and this girl. I mean, they're married, but it's pretty much the two people in the band uh, kind of doing the same almost kind of music. But the Black Keys, interestingly enough, their name comes from, uh, they both knew this schizophrenic guy, and he used to call and leave messages on their answering machines. And when he would, he would refer to their parents as the Black Keys, as in the Black Keys on a piano. So, I love that the schizophrenic guy. So they call themselves the Black Keys. Um, the band is currently on hiatus uh, since 2000. I want to say 14 or 15. It's been on hiatus. Uh, they've been split apart. There are talks. The biggest thing I got was pretty much that there are talks of them coming back together. Uh, Dan's like, yeah, it'll come back together. It seems like Patrick is not really in. Uh, the drummer he's not too much in the public eye but this guy dan was just has been going off doing his solo thing and uh really just going crazy crushing it everywhere that's what it seems like for for oh he's doing solo dan shit dan's, dan's doing the solo shit doing San, solo shit all over the place and it doesn't you don't see anything about patrick um pat carney so uh oh i had one more thing what what i did find which I thought was pretty cool because the guy that um, puts their he like puts their music together like they'll record in a studio and then they send it to this guy and he like edits it and like masters it and does all that shit and his name is uh, something Lacey but he's did the work for like the Black Keys and a uh, bunch of other guys but that's their but he came up because he is mastering this music for like this fourteen year old kid in his band. Um, kid's literally 14 years old and his dad is like a songwriter, but he's got a band and like a couple other kids and, um, it's called the Velvet Starlings. And so that's how I found this band and I looked them up. They're actually pretty good. It's interesting. This little 14 year old kid is, they're doing like all original songs and he's out there fucking wailing on his guitar and shit, singing. He sounds, sounds pretty good. I like that sometimes. I was listening to some old shit on, um. I got like the time capsule on Spotify. I was listening to that playlist today. It's all 90s stuff for me. And there's a band that was little kids in the 90s called Silverchair. You ever hear of Silverchair? No, they had a no. couple of songs. Yeah, I'm sure you heard a couple of them. Uh, maybe uh, Wait Till Tomorrow. Or um, I, I literally only know two of their songs. But Tomorrow is like pretty heavy. And you're like, holy shit. They're like Hanson, basically. Like three young little blonde kids. But they're just fucking badass. Dude. The guitar is wicked heavy. The drums are just like way. They're just it's just heavy rock, you know. And they're like young kids, blowing your fucking speakers out. They're not doing um bop, 
they're fucking doing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I like when the kids are in a are in a band. It sounds like they buy expensive clothing. These kids in these bands, and that brings me to the first one. By the way, that I want to shoehorn in for you for next week. Your first Google alert next week is going to be Supreme, the clothing company. Have you ever heard of them? Dude, the, I gave I gave you that one. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. We were talking about it. No, I fucking texted you. No, you fucking douchebag. I fucking swear. You know what? You did. No, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, because I've got it written down as one of mine. It was Seth. Uh, yeah, Seth McFarlane. I texted you that, and then you texted me something, and then I texted you Supreme. Because I was having a conversation about it with Matt. He asked me about the company Supreme. And I was like, ooh, that's a good outside-the-box kind of thing. So it's not always just like one person, like a company, like the Supreme Clothing Company. So that's what I texted you. I texted you Supreme and then Clothing Company. Sounds like something I should be next Sounds like something I should be doing for next week. I will do Supreme next week. (laughs) But you know who would not be? You know who would not be into that at all? And you had asked me earlier about (laughs) podcasts that I'm listening to. I listen to Dana Gould pretty regularly. He's monthly. And yeah. his most recent one, he does a very specific thing where he has conversations with a few his same people, April. Uh, what the hell's her last name? I can't remember. She's a female comedian. She's all right. Uh, Eddie Pepitone, who I fucking love on podcasts, and a few other people. But this one, he said, no, I'm not doing it. Someone he really liked from the 80s died. So he did a whole ep dedicated to this guy, talking about him, doing clips of him. He was a radio guy from the 80s in L.A. This is going to be your yours for next week. Joe Frank. Nice and easy. Joe Frank. Two first names. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So I just scrolled all the way up to the conversation where, where that came out. Hold on, wait. Hold on, where did I, I... I know I put Supreme in here. Yeah, you did. That's just weird. It must be on everyone's tongue. It's like that guy with the uh, gigantic wiener in the purple cup and the purple pillow. It's just in all these different videos from like our last episode where we both saw that same X-rated, cl- <laughs> that X-rated was thumbnail. Weird... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there it is, Supreme. Um... All right. So wait. So you were wrapping up on the Black Keys. Can I ask? Because you didn't really say yeah, the Black you didn't really Keys. say anything about how you feel about the Black Keys. Do you ever listen to the Black Keys? So... You know any of their songs? You like the Black Keys? Um, the Black Keys, for some reason, whenever I listen to them, it gives me strong sensations of, uh, Christmas and like the winter. And that's because I was living in New York City, you know, it was probably like 2011 and a friend of mine who I know from Sarasota, he was, he lives up in red hook in, in manhattan uh, or in brooklyn and uh he was coming back to visit for christmas coming back to sarasota so he asked me to watch his house and his dog so i stayed there through christmas and it was just me by myself and it was extremely cold outside and uh it was like snowing and shit and he had a record player and he had a couple different records and one of them was a Black Keys record. And I remember on like Christmas Day, I put that bitch on and I like listened to it from the record. It sounded so 
it had such an incredible sound when it was coming from the vinyl, like coming from the record and having like all the windows open and it was like freezing outside because those buildings, like when they turn the heat on, it's the heat for the whole building and you don't control it. So it's just like fucking blasting. And if it's too hot, you open your goddamn window and, uh, it's just, yeah, it brings back really, really nostalgic memories of that time being up, being in, in Red Hook in the winter. But that's that's the only time I've ever really listened to uh, the Black Keys. They are they are pretty bluesy. The guy's got that voice that's like it does not sound like it's coming from a suburban dude named Don, Dan from Akron, you know, no. which is great. It's like fucking a man. You got to use it, take it out there. And the the drummer looks kind of quirky. Like all right, I could I could buy into this. My first experience with them was my brother in law, big into music. Like brought a whole. I was like, dude, I, I got to listen to some new shit. I got the same shit. From like years back, you know, like post Napster, I stopped kind of buying CDs and I was just kind of listening to shit like how I could get it. And I just, if you don't know what you're looking for with music, sometimes you can't find it. I don't go to concerts a lot. I had like little kids. So I was kind of stuck. And he came up and he brought like a bunch of albums and he downloaded like 30 albums onto my, um, onto my computer, which I started putting into my rotation. And a lot of it I didn't like, but. The Black Keys, I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome, dude. And uh, the first time I remember hearing the Black Keys was there was a commercial for a fucking diamond store. Uh, you know, they're trying to sell you diamonds around like Valentine's Day or whatever. It was that song, Girl Is On My Mind. And I was like, that is such a goddamn catchy song. Who is that? And then when I found it out, I think it was the first time I ever used like Soundhound or one of those things where I could like put it on when the commercial was on. And I was like, this is the Black Keys. I was like, oh shit, I got like three of their albums my brother-in-law just gave me, but I'd never heard of them. And then I totally got into them. They got like, they're just, they're just a good band, man. Every album has at least a couple of good songs. And um, my last thing on the, on the Black Keys is that my kids love the video. I think I mentioned this last time for uh, Tighten Up, which is like one of my favorite Black Keys songs, where they, the two guys go to a park meet each other and they have like fake kids they each have one kid to make it symmetrical and like the kids are pantomiming the the lyrics of the song tighten up which is about you got to recognize that you know the girl might be trying to bang someone else she might like you now but she's mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna turn around she's gonna be kissing someone else and it happens on the schoolyard and it's just really clever it was really cute and uh my kids totally love the video and so of course i love the video I like the black keys though. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I like the I like the black keys. Yeah, yeah. I read about that on their their Wikipedia thing. There was this whole thing where they were at one point, um, they were they both got jobs as landscapers in Akron, Ohio, mowing lawns and shit to make money so they can get to their so they can get to their gigs and stuff. They had like shows booked and whatnot, so they were they had this jobs, and uh, <coughs> they were approached at one point by a uh, a lotion company in England and they they were wanted to sign them for 200,000 pounds to license this song to them so they can have it for they can use it for this commercial for this lotion in England and they were like and his their managers at the time were like nah don't do that don't do that everyone in your genre is in garage rock and indie rock they're all gonna be like you're selling out you bunch of sellouts they're like so no and instead they had to like go get jobs doing like (laughs) yard work and shit all because of asshole hipsters being like you're selling out you piece of shit it's like what do you mean like i made 
a song that somebody really likes, so they give me money for it, so I can keep fucking doing what it. I, what I yeah, really want to do is drive around in my van and unload and reload this equipment to play in front of thirty-five people. That fucking yeah, yeah fuck that shit. That's what's fun to yeah. me. It's all about the real shit, the roots. And finally, they ended up doing it. Finally, like it was like years went by, but their manager was like, "Yeah, don't do that." And then uh, after a while, they're like, "Fuck it," and they signed like over three hundred. Um, they signed like over three hundred licensing agreements for people to use, like in commercials and all this different shit with all these different songs. And it's like, dude, good for them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't take it making too hard. money off their music, which is what they always wanted. Here's anyways. what. Here's what I don't like, though. Is and I'm fine with you selling out, but once you do that, typically what happens is you move into like these bigger studios, and you get like some guy who's not really in touch with your shit or your. You know, your uh, musical journey through this point, he's like a big producer that's going to be like, we're going to broaden all this shit, smooth out the edges, and it's all going to sound the fucking same. Like the Boss Tones is like the biggest heartbreak for me because they did a couple of albums early that were like just really rough around the edges. And then like they had a couple albums where they got their shit together. They sounded good, but it was still the Boss Tones. There was no external commercial bullshit influence. I I say commercial, but what I just mean is like big studio shit. Where they like clean it all up so it can go on the radio and get a million plays. You know, that's not the fucking boss tones. By the time they came out with this album, the impression that I get, I was all excited about it. And I listened to it once and I was like, fuck this shit. It's like, what the fuck, man? It sounded like Kenny G. It was so like, it it was the Kenny G album of the fucking boss tones. And it it broke my heart because I said, they just won't do anything good ever again now. They're like a corporate fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? They're not playing nightclubs anymore based on their music. They're playing right. corporate fucking lunches for 80000 fucking dollars a head. And good for them, but yeah. it's fucking, they're dead. They're dead to me. Fucking douchebags. You're dead to me. If you're, you're out there listening, Dickie Barrett, you broke bag. my fucking heart with that fucking album. Fuck you off. Broke my fucking heart. I still like the early shit, though. Good thing you still got his old That's stuff. That's right. Good thing you still got that. Good thing I stole it all so, on Napster, um, you fucking bastard, if you're listening. That's right, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, that so that that wraps up my black keys, the uh, my black keys thing. So what'd you have? What'd you have? My next? last one was a place. It was Wellington, New Zealand. I don't know why we keep putting each other in these very hard to relate to corners of the world. I feel like this Australia and shit has come up several times, inordinately high, because fuck those people. This this is so different from what the fuck we're doing. They're trying to do the same exact thing, but like opposite hemisphere so like what's interesting about that not much i don't know man you're supposed to I'm tell sure. us <laughs> all right so wellington is a city in new zealand i don't even think it's the capital i think auckland is the capital uh well I, i'm oh, curious shit. what made you was there one particular thing that made you pick wellington i thought it was the capital okay you know what I might be wrong. I, th- I thought Auckland was the capital. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if you're the one, you're the one that had to like research and stuff. So if you say it's not, I mean, you're. Oh no, Wellington. I just googled it. Real Wellington, quick. you're right. Is the capital of New Zealand? It's at the New Zealand is two islands. Wellington is at the bottom of the top island. Population, four hundred thousand. Not a huge place. Um, yeah, I mean, like compared to to Sarasota, how how big is that? Uh, well, you know, Sarasota is kind of weird because if you look at the numbers of Sarasota, it's like fifty thousand or something. But we know that's bullshit. The Sarasota city limits are super tight. Like you don't have to drive that far up forty one, down forty one, or out towards the high. Yeah, like our city is fifty thousand, but our county is like 
400 yeah, or something yeah. like 300. It's probably thousand. right. If you do Bradenton, Sarasota, Northport, it's probably bigger than all the population of, well, of uh, New Zealand. Um, but, you know, New Zealand is very far. It's like, you know where New Zealand is. It's like above Australia, kind of up and over, middle of fucking nowhere. Wrong, wrong uh, hemisphere. So what happened in the last two weeks? Um, the biggest thing I saw was that Obama went to go visit the prime minister. The, yeah, I mean, a, a, a pretty big guy at, a, where the fuck was it? Oh, yeah, prime minister Jacinda Ardern. Who's a lady? They have a lady prime minister in uh, New Zealand. Oh shit! And he's not the president anymore, obviously. How progressive? He's the ex-U.S. president, of course. But he did meet with the. There was a guy that was the president in 2014, but they didn't meet in New Zealand. They came to Obama and golfed in Hawaii, which is probably like halfway for each of them because it's fucking pretty far out there. Uh, but you know, he, yeah, why don't we just meet in Hawaii? <laughs> I mean, I know, right? But he's not even the president, and so you know. Whatever they just talked about uh, a New Zealand United States Council, like really that'd be like me pooling my money with a fucking kindergartner, like what the fuck's in it for me? But whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know there was a lot of stuff about um, rugby. They're big into rugby there, so it was a lot of like rugby highlights, and they're just pandering to what they think people in America would give a shit about. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Had a, is on a New Zealand tour now. He's kind of a big singer. You must know who Ed Sheeran is. British heart thro- heart throb singer. I know. I'm. Do you? Yeah, Ed Sheeran. You like if I played it? If no. I played an Ed Sheeran song, you'd know it. He's a British guy, but he's got like four or five pretty popular songs. He's he's pretty uh, he's pretty big. If it's not American, he's like the little ginger male version of uh, Adele right now. How's that? Nah. Nah. Do you know who Adele is? <laughs> is she American? You know what's funny is like there's there's like a bubble of things that are like advertised to you and there's a bubble of things that are advertised to me. And if we like, you know what a Venn diagram is where you kind of match up where the overlap is. Is that there's, a Venn diagram? Is that, a, is that like an American thing? It's an thing? American thing. It's an American, <laughs> yes. Okay. Venn diagram is when you okay. map out spatially different things and then you have like an overlap you know so two circles separate are one thing is that like two pie graphs well just two circles but then if you move them together so that there's a little bit of overlap like on the right side of the left one and the left side of the right one that middle area is like the common ground and you can kind of that's how much that's how much pie i I can have (laughs) is what's in the middle you know what you can have as much pie as you want stay away from those cookies baby all right New Zealand was not all that exciting, uh, and uh, Wellington is only a part of New Zealand. So, I mean, that's about it. It's not that exciting. That's about it. Obama went there, yeah. and Ed Sheeran is touring Obama there. went there. And uh, not much else happened. Cher? No, no, Ed Sheeran. I wish oh. Cher was there. Which brings me to your next Google alert. Oh, no, son of a no, bitch. No, I can't do that. I can't do Because <laughs> the last time, uh, let's, that's funny, because you, uh, you gave me, uh, shit, what's her name? The Canadian one. Uh, I know who it is. Celine, Celine Dion. Dion. You give me Celine Dion. And so now, and, and uh, oh, the only thing you could do would, would be give me a share. Uh, um, I can't do it because I don't want to hear it. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, fe- I feel like uh, New Zealand could have been an interesting place, but 
they're born over there, I guess. Um, my last one is Anthony Bourdain, old Anthony Bourdain, and boy, there was he's very he's he's in the public eye. You know that guy. He's he's really in there. Um, he's from New Jersey. He is. Uh, I think he grew up in like the city or just outside of New Jersey, that kind of area. And uh, he went to culinary, some kind of culinary institute from college. He says that his uh, love for food was was uh, really kind of solidified. Like he, he takes it back to like a moment when he ate like a fresh shucked oyster in a boat, in a fishing boat when he went, when his family was going to visit some family in France. Uh, I believe his, his, their, their like dad or something is actually French is has like a French accent. <coughs> um, and that was like at the moment he was like, I want to be foodie. I want to be a foodie. And I want everyone to listen to me about food. And, uh, he worked at, he worked his way up in the culinary word world became the head chef of a very fancy restaurant in New York city. I don't remember the name of it. Um, but he then uh, wrote a book called kitchen confidential, which really, really kicked his career. So already when you're a head chef at a fancy restaurant, your name is already kind of big just to get to that kind of place. Um, but writing this book was all like the ins and outs and the dirty underbelly of, the kitchen kitchen world and chefs and like how much drugs they're all back there using and here it's about his illicit drug use with you know heroin and cocaine he did heroin anthony bourdain yeah oh, oh yeah no shit. he worked in a kitchen man that's what happens in a kitchen and he talks about how I mean, like, people drink and shit know, and there's people. like coke and a lot of dope but heroin for christ's sakes I... yeah no dude pills are a big problem in kitchens yeah um, pills probably too it's very so, high stress being in kitchens man People is, don't realize. Yeah, stress, but it was also New York City back in the day before Mayor Rudy Giuliani turned it into a, a Disney World. <laughs> it's Disney it was World. Back in. Take the heroin out of the yeah, out That's of the what he. In terms of Disney World, it's okay. Turn, turn it into Disney World. That's what he calls it. I mean, that's how he feels about it. It's like it used to be hard and like rough, and they used to send the guy who spoke Spanish down to a certain street to pick up heroin for everybody in the kitchen. Uh, but he also talks about, you know, the book also talks about things like uh, how to avoid, like, don't eat uh, seafood at a restaurant on a Monday because chances are it was delivered on a Friday uh, <laughs> because they're not going to deliver on the weekend. That, that type of advice so is always awesome. Gonna, when you hear that, you're like, that makes total sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. And like one, the other one is like if you go to brunch, the hollandaise sauce was like if, if people have like a brunch special, like, oh, come down to brunch. The hollandaise sauce was probably made like the day before or some shit, and uh, there's something bad about just like pre-made hollandaise sauce. I don't know, but anyway, um, <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that's in that book, and that really lo- rocketed him into this position. He got a show on Travel Channel. God, there's a fucking fly frowning me. Anyway, th- dude, the guy's really cool. Every that's what that. Whenever anyone thinks of Anthony Bourdain, they're like, "Wow, what a cool guy!" And you can just tell looking at him. That he is, you know, he's a cool guy. He's got, like, that swagger about him and shit. He kind of confident. He knows where he is, what he's doing. Jesus Christ, this bug is freaking me out. You know, he had a number of shows on... Did you um, ever watch his uh, Travel Channel show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no Reservations. No Reservations. Uh, he yeah. started out with... 
There was a show just before that. I don't remember what that one was called, but that uh, then it was no reservations, and then he had the layover, and then he he stopped his contract with Travel Channel. He picked up a contract with CNN with uh, Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. That's right. That's the big one. Parts Unknown. He's making some good dough with that. That's the type of guy that sold out like as soon as you heard of him. So you're not mad that he's like going to CNN now to do it for ten times as much and toning it back. He can't. Mm-hmm. Drop an f bomb on parts unknown, you know what I mean? But maybe on the Travel Channel, they could show a little, you know, topless chick if they're in the right area or something. Actually, actually, it's the opposite. He he moved channels because of the opposite reason. I think uh, the Travel Channel is owned by like some super Christian guy, and so uh, there was an episode where he went to like Amsterdam, and he ended up smoking weed there, but he couldn't even say it. He he like had to like kind of beat around the bush say it. That that's what he did, and they didn't show it. They didn't show anything. Whereas on CNN, the whole reason he switched to CNN was because they can get him into dirtier, more realistic places, like war-torn areas and stuff like that, and actually show some more gruesome things. So I'm sure if he was in an area where he was smoking weed, they would definitely show it on CNN. Well, I stand corrected, but if you're going to CNN because you want more, or you know, freedom in the in the content. I mean, that's pretty uh-huh. fucking restrictive. I think you could go to a lot of other mediums. That just shows, yeah. If you went to Netflix, you could have yeah. top, topless girls, and you could be doing... He could do whatever the fuck I think it's, it's clear that I want to see a I cooking that, show with topless women. That would probably be my favorite yeah. cooking show. I'm surprised it's not already a cooking parts, show. <laughs> parts Totally Shown is what I want to see his next show called. Anthony Bourdain, Parts Totally Shown. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, thank you for thank you for showing up today, Bourdain. Uh, we would like to pitch a show. We're here at Netflix, and we love your brand, and uh, we'd love to have your brand merge with our brand here at Netflix. Well, we'd like you to do a show, and uh, we got an idea for you. Uh, we want to call it. <laughs> we want to we want to have you do a cooking show with only topless broads. <laughs> We're thinking of calling it parts totally shown <laughs> we get a couple of young chefs a trampoline some super hot oil and we're gonna get things cooking that's that's the premise we're gonna get where it's gonna be nothing but a bunch of phony catchphrases like that <laughs> <laughs> let's time to get things cooking <laughs> that's like yeah that's a sellout that's funny you think he'd do that you think uh, he totally it? would dude i feel we're like gonna, he does we're gonna pay you 50 million dollars He's, like, older now, and he is a big enough name now that he needs to, like, his neighbors are, like, Oprah and fucking, I don't know, whoever, like, the biggest people in showbiz are his neighbors. So he's like, shit, I only have a helicopter. She just bought a Learjet. She's got two jets now. I need to, we're going to get off CNN. What does Netflix's offer? And they say, well, this is the most banal, shitty possible thing. And he goes, yes, I will fuck, get me the check. I need to get a second jet. And then we have to have Oprah over for dinner so I could fucking tell her about my second jet. That's where he's at right now. He doesn't give a shit right. about his cooking show or going to fucking Thailand or sussing out some fucking special cuisine somewhere. He, he's so full of fucking shit. Right. I don't know, I don't know why I'm attacking uh, all your alerts. Man. I'm a really attacking. This, this segment should be called Attacking You're attacking Isaiah's all my alerts, alerts man. <laughs> you know what's funny is one of the articles that came out about Anthony Bourdain. Uh... He was just he was getting attacked. It was by this guy who who was from Nigeria who wrote an article for the San Francisco San Francisco Chronicle. 
um, talking about Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown episode where he actually goes uh, to Nigeria. And this guy, Tunde, really had some shit to say. He he didn't like one bit of it. He's like, it- I'm connected to my... He's like my uh, my home country. He's like I left there when I was like a kid, and I still talk to my family through like my friends and my family through WhatsApp on the phone, and I can make calls. And he's like, that's all I have to like remind me of the country until I was forced to reminisce by you know he sees this show, uh, this episode that's in Nigeria. So it's a way for him to like kind of reminisce, and and he hated that it was through this the, this privilege of this through this through the perspective of, the, of this man with with so much white privilege and he will never have the right perspective to ever understand this. And how dare he, like the whole thing. Oh man. He just really, really reamed him. He's like, you could tell by the, he's like the way he walked around with his arrogance and his confidence, a white man in a sea of people of color and like shit like that. Well, really didn't like him. Yeah, I can see that. I, that's a totally valid point of view. I mean, no one gives a fuck. Because the fucking cooking show, dude. Don't watch it if you don't want to watch it. Parts Unknown. I don't... Yeah. I guess it is. It was the Parts Unknown one. I don't know how much it's still about, like, cooking. I mean, he's still, he's, he's still eating food. Uh, that's pretty much what he does. Let me eat your food. Um, but some something that did come up was his, his new girlfriend. Uh, so he had this... He had a wife for a while, and then they got divorced. And then he had another wife that he met on the show and uh, he ended up marrying her having a, having a daughter with her that's when he stopped smoking that was in 2007 he stopped smoking for his daughter cigarettes and uh, cigarettes oh, yeah and uh he started doing jujitsu maybe in about 2000 10 i don't know 12 maybe sure uh no it was definitely later than that and uh, he recently got his blue belt because he's only a blue belt, so I think he's been doing it since like 2015. Because apparently he he travels with his gi now, and like when he goes to some place, he like trains with people. But he actually went to a competition and won for his age group and and ranking and whatnot. He won gold, I believe. Um, I just I just imagine him all of a sudden as the 21st century Gallagher, where he gets into his gi and he says, "We're in this world famous Nigerian restaurant, man. Would you hold this watermelon?" And he fucking roundhoused the watermelon <laughs> right out of her hands. Every country, baby. <laughs> Every country, baby. I like that. Dude, so... Uh, yeah, his wife, so his new girlfriend, apparently was a part of uh, the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Uh, like, he, he tried to diddle her or something. Her name is... Her name is Asia. She's a... She's an actress from from the United Kingdom, I believe, but somehow uh, got tied into that whole thing. And is his uh, wife's name Asia Harem by any chance? I, uh, um, it is. Funny enough, it was. She is the inspiration for our Old Spice. She was one of the Spice Girls, uh, right? Old Spice. She's one of the Old Spice Girls. Yeah, <laughs> old Spice Girls. That's our sponsor next. You week, know what? Old Spice Girls. Old Spice Girls. <laughs> Dude, I'm really, really surprised that Old Spice hasn't capitalized on that yet. <laughs> like their marketing team really hasn't hasn't uh, jumped on Old Spice Girls. 
We gotta get. We gotta get. I mean, cracking. come on. We're gonna talk to Bob when the check comes in for this one. We we're gonna to check Bob, with Bob. Get the old Spice Girls going. Let's do it. Get the get the old Spice Girls in here. Well, anyway, she was a part of that. Now uh, uh, a thing came out. There was a guy from Monty Python who was uh, tweeted some shit about the whole uh, the whole scandal, and was like, "There's a lot of people who got really far and." Because of his, their meetings with Harvey Fuck Weinstein, yeah, and, you know, it. it was all consensual. It was like a, it, there were everyone was an adult, and uh, you know, wow. So you, it was you just are a, it was an ex- the one Harvey Weinstein apologist out there. I love it. That's what that's what this guy was, yeah. And so um, Anthony Bourdain's uh, girlfriend Asia, she jumped in there and was like, "This shit's appalling. Like you, stupid, you dumb as fuck for saying that shit." Like you don't know how this guy, how like angry this guy was, like uh, really violent and and fucking I don't know I don't know. It's basically that was that. So uh, those were the interesting things that came out this week. Uh, do you have any more? Or are you you're all done? I'm all right? done. And I gave you Joe Frank, and I'm gonna give you. I wish that I mentioned during Mysterious Island because I know you're into that type of shit. There was a guy that I used to listen to way back on the radio, and he only came on late at night. He's a fucking freak show, and I think you'll love him. Art, what's the last name? Bam, baby. Art Bell. You are going to love Art Bell. And I bet you there's something going on with him because he's nonstop cranking his shit out. Dude, very fucking prolific He's been doing it forever. And I just heard... So and I was thinking of Art Bell a while ago for you, and I was listening to Dana Gould, and he has like the same jokes over and over. But whenever he talks about Art Bell, he does have just great material on him because it's like the dude is crazy. He's like, I turned on Art Bell, and he says, "I swear to God, this is what I heard, sir. I'm not arguing with you. You may be the Antichrist. All I'm telling you is, last week when we did the Antichrist hotline, I had 11 people on the line, <laughs> like that type of shit. He's like." A <laughs> He never argues. Dude. Or the other thing Dana does that's funny, because it is so true with, with uh, Art Bell. He's like, all right, I'm sorry. We're coming back. Uh, we have uh, Isaiah on the phone. Go ahead, Isaiah. Uh, you were uh, raped by aliens. They dropped you down, and then you infiltrated the government, and then you find yourself in Budapest. Budapest. Go ahead, sir. Like, he just whatever the fuck shit came out of their mouths, he just was like, yep. He just yes ended everything. These whack jobs, I call it his stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love it. <laughs> Fucking, yep. What happened and to you? And then what? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to you? And then what? That's some crazy shit. I love That's what he should say every time. Oh, whoa. That is some crazy shit. All right. Art Bell here at. <laughs> like minimal editorializing. So, uh, he never said, like, wow. That sounded like a bunch of shit. He was like, all right, well, who's next? <laughs> who's next that sounds fantastic uh so i gave you um uh so far i've given you seth mcfarland and supreme the the company yes and and now i want to give you the daily mail which is a news source that comes out of the united kingdom so the daily mail jesus christ i'm gonna be i'm literally gonna itself. be flooded they literally put out a thing every well, i think seconds. if you if you can find a way to like just read it about the the company or wait i also think i gave you a different one i gave you steven steven hawking, hawking and i gave you that because he had just died so i figured there would be a it was really creepy that you gave it to me hours before 
And the text said, I feel like Stephen Hawking will be dead soon. Then it broke nationally that he died. So I thought that was pretty creepy. Yeah, I killed him. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we, I want to keep an eye on how things progress. And we'll make our decisions. Well, you're not the, saying that, but I am, I am definitely <laughs> confessing saying Confessing to the murder of Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I murdered Stephen He somehow Hawking. cheated on his wife, which is that's probably the most amazing thing. The guy is a genius. But how the fuck does he cheat on his wife? Yeah, whatever, whatever. Universe, whatever. He cheated. He on cheated him. on his wife. He's in a goddamn thing. All he can do is like stare at the words in a computer mm-hmm. screen. Like how you know? How the fuck? Just goes to show you, man. Guys man, will find gold a way digging, to fucking... gold digging whores. <laughs> it's the gold digging whores. I think it shows that gold digging whores will fuck a uh, computer robot. <laughs> 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 I think, I think that's what it shows, man. Jesus. <coughs> All right. I got to give um, you one last alert. You got to give me one last one, and then that will conclude um, episode 43, which has been uh, the smoothest episode we've had in a, in a, in a minute. Yeah. Um, you know what? I've, I feel like sports has not come up enough. And I'm thinking, like the Olympics, that's already gone. We're not in football season. We're in... Hockey season, but there's no big stars in hockey. Baseball's over. What do we got? Hockey and basketball. Um, I don't want to give you like a big bat. I feel like there's only like five big stars in basketball. Have we done a basketball star yet in a Google alert? No. So I got to give you the guy, I guess, if we're going to do a basketball star. You're going to get LeBron James. Let's see what's happening with LeBron James in the last two weeks. LeBron James. All right, so we've got LeBron James. Everybody, that's it. That concludes our, our our episode here at Talking Points. Everybody, be sure to tune in next week for an episode, exciting episode about Joe Frank, Art Bell, LeBron James, Supreme, uh, Seth MacFarlane, and, of course, The Daily Mail. That'll be all next week. Again, one more time, thank you to our sponsor, Old Spice. And what's that Old flavor? Old Spice Asian Harem Liquid Soap. Get a little oriental. Liquid Get soap. a little oriental in your balls. We're working out the taglines as we go. Yeah, we're working it out. And watch uh, Everything Sucks. That is our Keep sponsor. up with us. Watch every, at least two episodes of Everything Sucks on Netflix. That's right. We will be constructively criticizing everything sucks next week in our millennial book club that'll be on uh that'll be you can watch that on netflix everything sucks again follow us on facebook also you can listen to us on stitcher soundcloud itunes hopefully one day we can get on spotify different things like that Um, if you want to follow tom holland on twitter his twitter tag is talking points april 2018 at twitter At Twitter dot however that works. Uh, <laughs> Tom Holland will be everybody. Also, look forward to episode forty-four with old Tom Tim Thomas Holland. Thanks, you, Thomas Holland. Thanks, Greg. Th- All right. Hey, thanks a lot, man. See you next week. <laughs>